In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. On the day of his death, St. David is reported as saying, and I'm not going to try it in Welsh, I'm going to do this in English. Lords, brothers and sisters, be joyful and keep your faith and your creed, and do the little things that you have seen me do and heard about. And as for me, I will walk the path that our fathers have trod before us. Do ye the little things in life? is still today a very well-known phrase in Welsh. David was one of many monastics, missionaries, and bishops from the not-so-dark uh, so early Middle Ages who secured Christianity throughout the greater British Isles, Patrick in Ireland, Columba, who was a great founder of the monastic uh, foundation, Aidan in Northumbria, Augustine of Canterbury in Kent, to name but a few. But whereas most of them had to bring Christianity to the pagans, the Welsh were already converted. They had much in common with the Scottish Church and the Church of all, all the isles, little islets around that part of, of Great Britain and of Ireland, um, it was called the Celtic Church. Now what you hear of the Celtic Church in modern terms is kind of quasi-Christian, quasi-New Age. Uh, if you had walked into a Celtic Eucharist in the 5th, 6th, 7th century, it wouldn't be that much different than what we do, actually. The difference would have been primarily in the use of whatever Gaelic language was uh, local. And as, as the Roman influence had kind of left with the legions, uh, slowly Latin was dying out, at least in, in the British Isles. On the continent, there were Romance languages, they were hanging on to it. Another difference would have been a greater respect for women leaders, so there were many abbesses with double convents and monasteries, men and women praying together, living separately but together. Uh, and probably a greater respect for the natural world because that pagan past in Wales especially was a lot more gentle than the pagans that were in the rest of England, who all came from the Germanic tribes. And they had to be converted from, from Wotan, who's Odin and Thunor. And it was a much more masculine, more angry um, and cruel religion. But it was a little different in Wales. David was born around the year 500 in Menavia, Little is known about his early life, but while he was fairly young, he founded a monastery near his birthplace and became the abbot. He said to have been strict in governance of his monastery, yet his biographer, who wrote after he died, um, said he was loving in his treatment and correction of wrongdoers. 
they were very clear, he was very clear, that David required the monks to plow the land without the use of animals. They had to do it themselves. They pulled the plow. And they spent every evening in spiritual reading and writing, in holy conversation. No personal possessions were permitted, and even to say, my book, my robe, was offensive. Since monks had only use of these things, they had no possessions of their own. He also only permitted his monks to live on bread and water and herbs, green plants. Yet for all that, we know very little about his rule, what vows they took, their routine of prayer, other than they lived a life of poverty, learning, and farming. We don't have any of his sermons. He never wrote a book. If he did, we don't have it. Well, David's strongest desire was to study and meditate in the quiet of his own monastery. He made his reputation at a synod of bishops where he eloquently refuted Pelagianism, or at least what they believe Pelagius' view of original sin was. On that basis, Archbishop Dubricius chose him as his own successor as primate of Wales. In time, David founded 11 other monasteries in, in Wales and made a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. It's believed that the pilgrimage to Jerusalem was so that he could be invested as the Metropolitan of Wales. He was staying away from Rome. He wanted Wales to be Welsh. And he was very clear about that. He spent a great deal of time keeping Welsh Welsh and definitely not English. By the way, they still feel it today. <laughs> One can learn a lot from a deathbed statement, and David speaks more about Brother Abbot, Abbot Davy than Primate David. On the day of his death, Saint pa uh, David is reported to say the words we began this ser sermon, the heart of which is be joyful, keep your faith and your creed, and do the little things that you have seen me do and heard of. What were those little things? Certainly not the great affairs of his episcopate, which occupied much of his life. Perhaps the uplifting, uplifting gratitude for a hard day's work, shared with brothers. A simple meal. David offered his monks a Lenten life, one of carrying the cross with joy. One would hope that these men spread the gospel to the people of the scattered homesteads. There were no great cities in Wales. They, they were all spread out. And we hope that they brought forth their own holy lives in humility. 
a holy life which was measured out in little things. How does this inform us about our journey through Lent? We lead such mechanized lives so far from the simple intimacy of plowing the earth, planting the seed, as we heard in the readings, then waiting for the miracle of abundant growth as the seed pushes its way up through the heavy soil and bursts into abundance. And then there was a simple meal, fresh water and bread, thick with those grains, and a pottage of greens like leeks, perhaps some lentils, quiet evening of reading, prayer, friendly chat. David's word world was brutal. It was rife with wars, invasions, and the usual garden variety of power struggles. Yet David wished for sanctification of the little things. And perhaps in his sermons, if we have them, elements, a focus on God's love and abundance and the mercy of Christ without whom our sins could not be forgiven. Perhaps this Lent we could emulate with joy the path David wished us to walk. Turning from the busyness of this world, even the frantic clutching of the expected Lenten practice driven piety. I mean, how, how many uh, good readings come across our Facebook page? Just how many times can we be sermonized in a day? just practicing the little things, opening our hearts to the little things and becoming, as Jesus called us to be, simple, content, and obedient children, assured of Jesus' love, and guided by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon. Uh -huh.